Hello everyone, you have tuned into another segment of our Wednesday Business Tech Talks. I'm your host, that girl, Jenna Carasoa. Today is July 13th, 2022. I'm so grateful that you are here with us. Um, at any point in time you're consuming this content, I can generally only hope that you're doing well. We are in Crucial Conversations, Chapter 10, putting it all together. And this is going to be our second to last segment in this book series. We're going to combine chapters 11 and 12 together and then possibly just do a quick follow-up and yeah, go from there. But currently right now we are going over um, three major talking points. The first segment is going to be two levers to keep dialogue safe. Segment two is going to be a model of dialogue. And then number three, the seven dialogue principles. And this one's going to be a bit different, especially with the audio podcasts. They've given us some graphs or images to look at. And I'm going to do my best to describe it for you to visualize for people who are listening to the podcast. So anyways, looking forward to that. Again, I'm that girl, Jenna Kirisoa, for our business tech talks discussions through crucial conversations. So let's just get into it. So with segment one, the two levers, and again, this is kind of a summary of all the different talking tools or the seven dialogue principles, everything that we've gone through throughout the book. Now we're going to talk about how to kind of summarize it, how to coach people and talk people through a little bit of training and kind of solidify and get everything really, you know, absorbed and for this information to kind of stick. So I'm going to go a little bit slower and kind of really break it down different ways to keep the information in your head, the different acronyms that they use. So the two levers though, and these are the best two tools to help you stay in dialogue. Okay, so the first one is to learn to look, and then the second one is to make it safe. So learning to look. Ask whether or not you're in and out of dialogue, if you're falling to silence or violence, and then you need to get back into dialogue. And there's a great quote on page 180. So are we playing games or are we having a dialogue? And that's exactly how I feel a lot of times. Like, I'm not here to play games. I'm here to communicate, get the information out. Everyone can understand, save you some time, in the future save you some money better communication skills. So how can you learn, use these tools and help solidify and get the information better kept in your mind? Definitely use this training with peers and have family meetings. Like, you know, have a family discussion, come around together with this book and learn how to put these communication and dialogue tools to practical use. So when you're in a discussion, the reminder is a good way to help to, um, a way to say it to keep the conversation going is simply saying, I think we've moved away from dialogue. So when you've stepped out and you've noticed that there's a little bit of violence, and when we say violence, again, to reiterate, it's not physical, it's emotional or it's verbal, it's the attacks, the slandering, the name calling, finger pointing, accusations, stacking the deck, over talking people. That's considered as the violence in this reference. The silence is um, withdrawn not giving the full answer, not really talking about how you actually feel um, or part of the information, not really all of it. Sugarcoating things, trying to avoid the conflicts is when you're leaning towards silence. So those are the two different hazards and what makes a crucial conversation considered as unsafe. When people are completely quiet or com completely over talking and being very aggressive. 
So keep that in mind. So a response is if you notice that you are heading one of those two directions, say something like, you know, you're right. I'm not telling you what needs to be said or, you know, I'm getting a little bit carried away or over passionate about this discussion. So you need to quickly acknowledge that. So um, to make it safe, though, that's the second lever. So once you've observed that, hey, this conversation is getting a little bit toxic, then we need to make it safe. So if you notice safety risks, simple realization that the challenge now is to make it safer. Most likely you'll improve the circumstances and it starts with a simple realization like, hey, this is getting kind of uncomfortable. We need to fix this. So you may build safety by simply asking questions that shows your interest. Um, apologies help, a smile, um, requesting a short break may offer help in establishing safety. And in 181, there's a quote, it says, do something that makes others comfortable, which is kind of difficult when you actually have to make that conscious effort to say, hey, you know, I'm really mad. I'm not happy with how things are going in your heart, but you realize that in order to get the problem solved, you need to continue talking. So being able to step out of the context and literally saying, hey, you know what? Let's try to figure it out. And it says, do something that makes others comfortable. That's, this is the challenge and this is where the skills come from. I don't know if I gave this quote already, but in the beginning of each chapter, they do have a really cute little quote that they put, you know, for depending on the theme. And this one for chapter 10, again, putting it all together. Communication works for those who work it. And if you are trying to make it work, oftentimes, more often than not, your, your efforts will make some progress and things can, are possibly able to be changed. So that's going to conclude the first segment. Very, very short. But again, I'm going to try and give us much information, be a little bit more thorough and help people who are genuinely wanting to learn how to, you know, use better communication skills. If you don't have the time to actually sit here and read the book because you have so much going on, I pray that these little mini lessons are of some value to you. But moving on to segment two. A model of dialogue and this one's gonna be where I need to be very very thorough and slow it begins with a concentric circle I'm oh, sorry concentric circles like a target and the center circle is the pool of meaning so okay like I said it's gonna be me trying to really describe it clearly enough if we don't have an actual physical image to look at so again it's called the dialogue or a model of dialogue. It begins with a concentric circles like a target. The center circle, if you can visualize, is called the pool of shared meaning. The center of the circle is like a target or it's the aim of the dialogue. So imagine another circle surrounding the bigger, the first one, and then we have the different safety. So we want to keep safety around the circle. Another circle they have listed on the very top is silence. And then the three different types of silence that people use is the withdrawing, avoiding, and masking. Those are the main ones that most people fall under. And then underneath that is the other extreme called violence. And then there's three categories that a lot of people fall into, which is the controlling, the labeling, and the attacking. So that's what we really consider the verbal violence. Okay, let me read a quote from them. Continue the quote. So surrounding the pool of shared meaning is safety. Safety allows us to share meaning and keep us from moving into either silence or violence when the conversations become crucial. Safety must be strong. And that's on 182. These images 
are also in the book too. I put the images on the blog, so if you want to check it out, please click the link um, in the description. So, very important, watch for the games. There's six styles for violence behaviors. When we use safety in dialogue, I'm sorry, we use, these are the things that we use in dialogue when safety is weak and it's time to step out from the content of the conversation, repair safety, and then move back into the conversation. And make sure um, you don't need to back away from your position. This is why I do love this book. It's not telling you to change your message or water it down. It's telling you to change your tactics and your techniques. We are encouraged to have opinions, to speak our minds, and to stand on those. You are allowed to think differently. The situation though is are you actually being productive what is the objective in your conversation like what are you trying to accomplish are you trying to win is this some kind of challenge or are you at work trying to be professional trying to get a job done are you in a family dynamic trying to make things work to rebuild relationships and trust and intimacy this is where these conversations and these tools come into play so we need to rebuild safety as quickly as possible um, but still, you can have your opinion. You're, you're welcome to your opinion, but you need to make sure, is it accurate? Is it true? Is it right? Is it constructive? Continuing on though. So adding people to this model. Okay. So visualize again, you've got your circle, you've got the dialogue in the middle, you've got safety, you've got silence on the top, you've got violence on the bottom, and then the six different types of safety risks. So imagine now you have two arrows on either side of the circle that come wrapping around and both of these arrows are pointing at the middle. Okay, they're wrapped around the model of dialogue circle. One arrow is labeled me and then the next one is labeled other. So both arrows on the outside point to the center. Now we're going to learn to look, use those techniques. Means we watch for when either of these two arrows begin to point either upward or downward. Not your circle, you got your little dialogue in the middle, and you got the two arrows, and we're trying to keep the arrows right in the middle. If you go up to one side, you're going towards silence, and the other person's going towards violence. We want everything to be right in the middle. You can kind of visualize that. So, back to the learn to look techniques. Make sure all the arrows are pointing straight to the middle. Okay, silence is withdrawing, avoiding, or masking. Violence is controlling, labeling, and attacking. So this is where it gets a little bit more tricky. Um, we need to work on our path to action. So again, reiterating these a little bit of our um, chapters and references before. The path to action is what you see, what you hear, and how you perceive the information. And then you tell yourself a story in your mind within seconds, like a split second, you've already had told yourself something you come to some kind of conclusion in your mind like, oh, they said something a certain way. Oh, they must be saying this because they think this, that, and the other. Again, it happens in seconds. This is a matter of like, you have a chance to analyze it. This is what we're training to do, to analyze what we've taken in. So on our path to action, then we hear something, we tell ourselves something, we feel something, and then we act a certain way. So this is the part where it's like, our your actions, your response is accurate to what's actually taking place. So keep that all in mind. So if you're drifting to either, um, either one of the safety risks, 
we need to return by going back to the start with heart. So once you've noticed, okay, I'm shutting down, I feel like I don't want to talk, I'm, I'm withdrawing in, go back to your heart. Like, what do you really want? And you need to avoid the sucker's choice. And the sucker's choice is essentially, um, I can't do anything about this situation, so I'm going to shut up. Or this person is a, a complete jerk, and he's always being mean, and I can't get anything accomplished, so I'm not going to do anything. Or you start labeling him, well, he's obsessive compulsive, and I can't, and I'm just going to stop. That's the sucker's choice. So when you start with heart, we need to use um, the master my story principle, which is retrace your path of action, which I just shared, which is I heard something, I feel a certain way, this is what I'm thinking, and this is how I'm going to act. We need to go back. And then they talk about watch for three clever stories. So there are three clever stories, if anyone remembers in the past chapters, is simply the victim story, which is, I can't do anything about this. I'm a victim. The villain story is, well, this other person is a complete overbearing, you know, tyrant. Villain story, you're just completely labeling him that. And then the um the helpless story goes back to i've tried this there's nothing that can be done so those are the three clever stories that we tell ourselves to either act inappropriately to be disrespectful to be mean some of them also could fall in the categories of like you know someone needs the information and you intentionally don't with you know reveal it you intentionally keep it to yourself you know that's another sucker's choice that's another clever story there's another game where it's like, are you trying to get anything accomplished? People do this. People do this all the time. People do this subconsciously. People do this unaware. They People's like, I don't even know why I do it. This is why we're going through the book. Because I've fallen victim to all of these myself. And I've read this book before. You know, and I, I don't think I got to this particular chapter. But I've already read the book before. Ten years ago. And I forgot a lot of these skills. So I needed to relearn them myself. So we need to stop playing the games. And again, we're not going to tell three clever stories. We're going to tell the rest of the story. So that is when you realize, like, you know what? Maybe I'm not understanding this correctly. Maybe I've misinterpreted it. Maybe I need to check my emotions and my feelings and get more accuracy to what's actually taking place. A lot of things. Or maybe the person is intentionally being deceptive in all the things that you've listed them as because there are people out there who are just evil and that's something that's part of life and this book helps you realize like ultimately yeah there may be nothing you can do but this is when you can consider taking actual legal action if you're in a workplace environment and you're experiencing harassment and you've done everything that you can in your power to think like a logical functioning productive human being who doesn't want have any intent to cause people harm but the person that you're dealing with is causing perpetual violence then we have more techniques in the next chapter where we can actually address some of these issues but let's assume and put the best construction on the average person and think they're not trying to do anything intentionally to hurt me we are just in a heated discussion and everyone's trying to protect their own feelings and that's where the focus is we need to figure out how to dialogue using these skills so telling the rest of the story is when we go um, readdressing, retracing our path to action and putting the rest of your feelings in there. Okay, I feel this way, but maybe it's not this way and I have information I can share 
and you need to continue with that. So when others move to either safety concern, whether they're getting aggressive and yelling or they're shutting down, we need to make it safe by using the STATE acronym, S-T-A-T-E, STATE MY PACK. So you're sharing your personal information, something that's sensitive or controversial or like you're confronting your child about drugs or a potential affair. You don't know what's going on. So you share something, you talk attentively, you ask, you know, sorry, you state something, state your story, you tell your facts, I'm sorry, you tell the person what you understand. This is what I believe to be true, but you say it very attentively, and then the letter E is for encouraging the other person to say, are we on the same page, does this seem accurate, are we... You know, encourage them then to put in their part of the story. Let them do their state of action. So, we share the facts first, then we tentatively share our story, and then we show sincere interest by encouraging the other person to share. So, helping others share their meaning. Okay, so, explore each other's path. And then they have the acronym AMP, which is A-A-M-P. So, we first ask the person... We mirror what they say. Hold on, sorry. It's not AAMP, sorry. It's AMPP. Uh, typo, I found my typo. Sorry about that. Ask, mirror, which is, they give you the information, but let's say, yes, you know, like, how are you feeling right now? And they start rolling their eyes. They're like, I guess I'm fine. So you would use the mirror technique as, well, um, based on your how you said it and your eyes um i'm beginning to think that you know maybe the, that's not accurate so you're kind of showing them what they've shown you through your words you explain it to them very gently paraphrase so they'll tell you something and it's your opportunity to listen to what they say and say okay so what i'm getting from this is this is what you said and then if you're not getting anywhere at all with them if you're completely like i'm just not shutting i'm shutting down i'm not talking then we use the prime technique and this is kind of what Amazon Prime does. They kind of like know what you want. You're going to kind of have to guess. Like, um, I'm kind of getting the impression that based on this, that, and the other, this might be the problem, or this might be your concern, or these might be your feelings. Are you thinking this? Are you feeling this? Or if you're a work, um, if you're a supervisor at work, and you have to tell them, like, hey, we have to cut hours and they don't want to talk, and we need to discuss this, and you know, and they're just like, so you could say something like, are you under the impression that, um, you know, we're just trying to save money, or something, and then you can go and explain, there was an example in the book, where it's like, well, what happened was, this, that, and the other took place, and we already took a huge financial cut, and we've been trying our hardest not to have to cut hours, but unfortunately, we have to do this because of this, that, and the other thing is, though, you need to sometimes put a little bit in there if someone's not talking and then in the example that they used from one of their experiences sitting in on a meeting was yeah they were just like well actually yeah it does I get the impression you guys don't care you know and then that's when you can open up but it's very very difficult and you have to be very very delicate with how you approach people because there can be so many different reasons like let's say one example that they said was a you know, I have, I'm going to have to change my entire work schedule because of this. It's a huge inconvenience, and I feel that you guys don't care about me. This is where the conversation is crucial and needs to be 
can't handle with, you know, a lot of, oh, a lot of tender loving care. Trust me, it's hard. It's hard out there. So we're going to learn these skills and try to improve. So if you do these well, it demonstrates your concern and their concern can be discussed and it helps people to feel safe. So with both sides in safe dialogue, we can move to action and sharing how decisions will be made clearly and follow up to ensure that conversation leads to positive actions and results. Woo! So now starting with segment three. It's called the seven dialogue principles. And this is essentially how to prepare for a crucial conversation. These are tools right here for um, training, coaching, quick reference guide. So let's go ahead and take a look. So the first one here, all right. I can't even get these images up right now. So I do have my journal. I wrote everything down here for you guys. So can't wait. So we talked about start with heart and that was in chapter three, learn to look and that's in chapter four, make it safe. And that's in chapter five, master my story in six, state my path in seven, explore others path and eight, and then move to action, which is our last week's discussion, and that's in chapter nine. So to start with heart, this skill, um, it's kind of focusing on what you really want, and the crucial question is, what do I want for myself, what do I want for the other person, what do I want for the relationship, and what's the ultimate objective in this conversation? So if you're getting, you're finding yourself angry, and you're heated, and you're getting mad, or whatever, start with heart. Like, what's the point in all of this? What do I want? What do I want from this person? So learn to look. You need to notice when the conversation is turning crucial. Are we going to silence or violence? Then we make it safe. We apologize when appropriate. We use contrasting with the um, intent, the do and don't intentions. Very helpful. And if appropriate, um, we can fix the misunderstanding by using another acronym. Okay. Let me see if I can get that reference for you guys. Okay, which is called crib, and that's create, that is, I need to double check the R, it's, um, I believe it's trying to relate, you create something, you guys, oh, it's the crucial, it's the mutual respect, I'm sorry, um, so you need to reiterate that, I is for invent, um, so we need to invent something like um, a mutual respect or something that you guys can find agreement with and then B is to build on that. So is the mutual respect or trust there? Can you build on safety from there? Okay, after that, master my stories, retrace path to action, separate fact from story, watch for the three clever stories, and then tell the rest of the story. And the question you need to ask, what is my story? So what am I feeling? What am I pretending not to know? And um, what needs to be done now? So that's what the master of the stories. Number five, the state my path. You share your facts, which you understand. You tell your story, everything like, when you start with the share your fact is what you notice, what you observe, what you're seeing. Then you tell your story attentively. You ask for the other person's path. You talk tentatively and then you encourage the other person to say, hey, is this accurate? Are we on the same page? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Do you understand where I'm coming from? And then crucial questions you need to ask. Am I open to other person's view? Um, am I 
talking about the real issue and am I expressing expressing my views? Last, or sorry, number six, sorry. Explore my path. We use the acronym AMP, A-M-P-P, ask, mirror, um, paraphrase, prime, and a um, question to ask, am I actively exploring the other person's views? And then we also have the ABC. You need to agree on something, build, and then compare. And then number seven is move to action. Decide how you're going to decide and document your progress. And the questions is, how will we make decisions and who decides and yeah, going from there, who decides? So that's pretty much a summary of the book. And the next one is going to be giving you some more specific examples and tools. So I want to combine chapters 11 and 12 and really get into it. And I will have hopefully an opportunity to redo all these videos for you guys. Um, but I appreciate it. Again, any person who's taken the opportunity to, to listen, to read, to skim, to take a glance, I appreciate that your time is wonderful and valuable and I appreciate you sharing it with me. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this segment for you guys for our wonderful Wednesday Business and Tech Talks. I've been your host, that, that girl, Jenny Kurosawa. At any point in time you're consuming this content, I can genuinely only hope you're doing well. God's peace.